Um, let me just give you a little bit of context. Again, if you're a first-time guest here, it's your first time with us online, we're glad that you're here in the room. It means a lot to us, and I just want to give you a little bit of context on where we've came from so that you can know where we are here today. We're, we're in this book. It's in the Old Testament. It's on the left side of your Bible. It's called Nehemiah. It's also authored by the man Nehemiah. Nehemiah is a, a man of God who was dispersed. He was exiled from his home territory in Israel and Jerusalem. He was placed in a... Babylonian territory where he was then positioned to be the cupbearer to King Artaxerxes, um, a pagan, uh, idolatry-believing king named Artaxerxes who happened to have Nehemiah right next to him as his right-hand man. And so it's just neat how God sometimes will, will take you, take a believer, take a man or a woman of God and place you around lost people to be of influence, Amen. To be honoring, to be loving, to be hardworking. We've been talking about the characteristics that made Nehemiah the leader that he is. It wasn't just his faith. His faith informed his character. Right? His character matched his calling. Right? We see Nehemiah living out what he believes. And he gets positioned for a moment in Nehemiah chapter 2. He's prayed up. He's prepared. He's planned. And then he makes this request to the king. He says, King, I love you. I want you to live forever. <laughs> I don't mean to shade you, king. I want to honor you. Would you send me to go on mission, to rebuild the wall of my fathers, to rebuild the wall and the gates that, uh, that, I, that where I came from? The, I want to honor the Lord with my hands, with my work. Would you send me to do such a task? And I love how the king responds with this generosity. The, the king says, how long will you be? What a moment. And then he says, what, what do you need? What do you request? And Nehemiah gives him this list of items. He says, I want you to advocate for me. Give me a letter. Give me a, a, a sign. Give me, a, give me some money. Give me some food. Give me, give me everything that I need for this journey. And the king does it. Nehemiah in chapter two, he's off. He's there in the city. He is, he's kind of a spying out the land, if you would. He's saying, what's it gonna look like to build this thing that God's put in my heart? Come on, I think everybody in this room has some type of God dream. Some type of thing that God put in your heart, a vision. It's, maybe it's for your family. Maybe it's for your school. Maybe it's for this city. Maybe it's for this nation. Maybe it's, I don't know what it is, but it's a God dream in you, a book, a song, a, a vision, entrepreneur, a relationship. I don't know what it is, but I know there's a God dream in all of us. The creator creates through us. He does. And you can see over here on the, the wall behind me, just go for it. <laughs> That's one of the things we're catching from Nehemiah is the things that God's placed in your heart Start praying about, start planning for, start preparing for, and then go for it. That's what we've been talking about over the past couple weeks. And now we get to actually seeing some of the work in chapter three. Now, Nehemiah chapter three, some disclaimers. This is not the most fascinating, super good feeling. Man, that was the word I need. I've never heard somebody say my life verses in Nehemiah three. Never heard it. Um, but as I was reading through this chapter, God began to place things on my heart that were very specific for this day. For this day. Everybody say, this day. This day. Right? This is the day the Lord has made, and, and we're going to rejoice. We're going to be glad, and I believe that there's something in this chapter for us. Another quick thing before we read a good handful, a good chunk of this chapter. Um, whenever you come across long, borderline weird names in the Bible, just read them fast and keep moving on, all right? <laughs> come on. Sometimes you just got to do a drive-by, all right? Just read the name and go to the next one, all right? I say that to say, no judgment if I pronounce one of them wrong. We're moving on to the next one, all right? Catch me after the sermon, correct me, I'll receive it, make me better, okay? 
But that's what we're going to do here, all right? If you're ready, stay ready. ready. If you're hungry, say, let's eat. Let's eat. Let's eat. Lord, as we get ready to eat from your word right this moment, we ask you together as a faith family, Lord, speak to us today. We want to hear your voice. The most important voice we could hear today is yours. There's nothing more important today than to hear a word from God. So, Lord, touch us today. Give us something from this, this reading, this, this sermon, this time together. That would, we would not just be hearers of the word, but we'd be doers of the word. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Nehemiah chapter 3. We're not even going to put them up on the screen because we're in the word together right now. All right. Here we go. Then Eliashib, the high priest, rose up with his brothers, the priests, and they built the sheep gate. They consecrated it and set its doors. They consecrated it as far as the tower of the hundred, as far as the tower of Hananel. Verse 2. And next to him, the men of Jericho built. And next to them, Zachar, the son of Emri, built. The sons of Hassaniah built the fish gate. I like that, the fish gate. They laid its beams and set its doors, its bolts, and its bars. Verse 4. Next to them, Miramoth, the son of Uriah, son of Hakaz, repaired. And next to them, Meshulam, the son of Berechiah, the son of Meshezebel, repaired. And next to them, Zadok, the son of Bana, repaired. Every time we see that R word, repair, let's just say it out loud together. And next to them, the Tekoites repaired, but their nobles would not stoop to serve the Lord. We gotta rebuke those nobles. Verse six, Joida, the son of Pasiah, and Meshulam, the son of Besodiah, repaired the gate of Yeshaniah. They laid its beams and set its doors, its bolts and its bars, in verse seven. And next to them, repaired, Melatah, the Gibeonite, and Jadon, and Marathonite, the men of Gibeon, and Mizpah, the, the seat of the governor of the province beyond the river. Next to them, Uziel, the son of Herahiah, goldsmiths, repaired. Next to him, Hananiah, one of the perfumers. That's a cool occupation. The perfumer repaired, and they restored Jerusalem as far as the broad wall. Verse 9. Next to them, Rephiah, the son of Hur, ruler of half the district of Jerusalem, Repaired, verse, verse 10. Next to them, Jedediah, the son of Herophiah, repaired, opposite of his house. And next to him, Hattush, the son of Hashabaniah, repaired. Verse 11. Malchijah, the son of Haram, and Hashab, the son of Pahath Moab, repaired. Another section of the Tower of the Ovens. Verse 12. Next to him, Shalom, the son of Halashesh, ruler of half the district of Jerusalem, Repaired, he and his daughters. Shout out to the daughters getting in the work. Hananun and the inhabitants of Zenoa. Repaired. The valley. Y'all are getting tired on me. Where's my repaired section out here? <laughs> Hananun, the inhabitants of Zenoa, repaired the valley gate. They rebuilt it and set its doors, its bolts, and its bars, and repaired a thousand cubits of the wall as far as the dung gate. Should we keep going? I mean, if y'all would have said no, I would have been fine with that, all right? <laughs> this, this is a tough chapter, okay? And Shalom, the son of Kolhozeh, ruler of the district of Mizpah, repaired the fountain gate. He rebuilt it and covered it and set its doors, its bolts, and its bars, and he built the wall, the pool of Shelah, the king's garden, as far as the star, stairs that go down to the city of David. Verse 16, after him, Nehemiah, there's our guy. Nehemiah, the son of Azbuk. Ruler of half the district of Bezer. What's he doing? Repair. Repaired to a point opposite the tombs of David as far as the artificial pool and as far as the house of the mighty 
men. After him, the Levites repaired, right? We, we see God doing something through his people. I wanna preach a message to you today that I'm simply titling, Repair Something. Repair Something. Repair Something. I wanna encourage you with this topic today through what we see in the book of Nehemiah chapter three, Repair Something. That you would look at this chapter here, Walk Church, family, online, you would see that this is an all-in together approach where people from all different backgrounds, seasons of life, families are getting together to repair, amen, to repair something. And I want to encourage you here today that there's something in your life that needs to be repaired. And I want to go ahead and take this chapter and write more than just say, okay, now I know more head knowledge about the Bible. Nehemiah chapter three, oh, that's all about the people of God repairing the walls and the doors and the bolts and the bars. That's really good. I don't want you just to walk out of here and say, I got more Bible knowledge, but I want to go ahead and take that and then apply it to my life. What needs to be repaired in my life? That's what I'm asking from Nehemiah three. God, what do you want to repair in me? What do you want to repair through me? Church, repair something. God has positioned you to repair something. God has positioned you to repair something. You're thinking right now, this is for somebody else. No, God has positioned you to repair something. I'm even gonna give you this reality statement up front. Here's what I truly believe. A repaired church is a prepared church. Amen? A repaired church is a prepared church. And I don't know about you, but I'm preparing for something. Yeah. What are you preparing for? I mean, it's a question that maybe you can put in your notes. What are you, what are you preparing? I'm preparing for revival. I'm preparing for a church planning movement. I'm preparing for sons and daughters to return to the Father. I'm, I'm, re- I'm preparing for building a new building that could reach the city in very creative ways. I'm preparing to do something that's bigger than me. It's gotta outlive me. <clears throat> it's gotta outlive you. Prepare for legacy. Prepare to make a difference. A repaired church is a prepared church. So I want to talk about that. Now let me give you the definition for repair. All right? Give you two. Oxford, Webster's both define the word repair. To fix or mend. To restore to a sound or healthy state. To make good. To repair something means that you're fixing something. To repair something means that there's something that was broken, something that needs to be mended, and in order for it to be repaired, right, you gotta fix it, you gotta mend it, and then it's repaired. I love what Pastor Stacy was just talking about a little bit. God loves to put things back together. He's a repairing God, isn't he? Amen, I love that God takes broken things and broken people like me and you, and he just starts to repair us. Praise God for the heavenly super glue that he just... Puts, puts us together and repairs us. He restores us to a sound or a healthy state. God wants you to be healthy. He does. God created health. God created it. He, he, he wants you to be in a place that is sound, health, good. He wants you to be repaired. Because when you're re- repaired, you're prepared. And so maybe there's something that's already starting to just formulate in your spirit on what God is calling you to do. But hey, this is Walk Church. We take a step, amen? Right, God's calling us to do something with what we're hearing, what we're receiving, repair something. All right, and here's what I wanna do. I wanna give you three 
three different application steps. If you're really a gamer, go do all three, all right? If you're really about it, about it, <laughs> do all three. But if you're like, you know what, I'm not quite sure this guy's a little crazy, maybe just do one, all right? <laughs> but pick one of the three. I'm going, I'm going to go for all three. I'm going to take all three application points today. I'm going to lay them over my life and say, Lord, help me to repair something. But I would just encourage you, at least grab one of these application points and say, okay, I'm going to start living this. I'm going to repair this. If you're ready, say ready. ready. Okay, here we go. Point number one, repair your heart. Yeah. Repair your heart. Lord, start with me. Lord, start with me. I heard somebody share this just this past week. They said, if you want to see revival, draw a circle in your prayer closet, step inside that circle and say, start with me. Right? Lord, repair my heart. Amen? Repair my heart. Now, you, know, you might be thinking, Pastor Hyden, you don't even know my heart. And I would tell you today, you are right. But I do know some things about your heart. Because of the timeless word of God, the word of God teaches us that there are some things that, that are about all our hearts that we would be wise to be aware of. Let's go ahead and learn from the prophet Jeremiah. You may know this verse um, already, but in, in, in Jeremiah chapter 19, he tells us right, that our hearts are wicked. Thus said the Lord to me, go and stand in the people's gate by which the kings of Judah enter, by which they go out, and all the gates of Jerusalem. That's the wrong verse. Sorry about that. That's a building verse. I gave you the wrong verse. But here's what the verse says. Um, it says that our hearts are evil and deceitful, and our hearts are sick. My point is that I want to share with you today is that all of us have sick hearts. Yes. You think I'm judging you. I'm not judging you. I'm just telling you the truth. Here's how we would know. If we took your heart and put it on this screen as a movie for all of us to watch, you would not come back to this church again, I would imagine. You'd be like, I ain't going back there. They know too much. That was weird. You could take the most godly person in this room and broadcast their heart up on this screen from just yesterday and you would realize our hearts are sick. John Calvin says our hearts are like idol factories, cranking out new little baby idols, oftentimes that look like ourselves, to try to steal away God's glory, to try to point our attention and affection back to sin when it really should be up on him, right? We need our hearts to be repaired. I love what the, the psalmist David, now, now listen, David is actually known as a man after God's own heart. David was a, a, a wicked, sinful man. I would say top five sinful people in the Bible. David's in the top five, right? Dude has all types of wickedness in him, but I love how he always comes back to a state of repentance and goes back to the heart of the, the Father. Look what David writes in Psalm 139. Come on, this is his prayer. He says, search me, O God, and know my heart. What a prayer. Repair my heart, Lord. This is a great place to start. To start praying Psalm 139, verse 23, saying, God, oh God, search me and know my heart. Try me, know my thoughts, and see if there's any grievous way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. He tells us here in Psalm 139, he says, Lord, Lord, lead me in the way of everlasting. Don't lead me in the way of temporary. 
when our hearts will lead us in a way that's very temporary. Our hearts will lead us in a way that's very fleeting. Sin will lead us in a way that's very destructive. Right? Sin always overpromises, always underdelivers, always leaves us feeling worse than we came. Lord, search me, oh God. Search my heart. Try me. Try my thoughts. And know that whatever God places in your heart and in your spirit in those moments as he searches you, as he kind of scans you for any viruses, <laughs> that's a weird illustration right now in 2022. Uh, <laughs> trying to use a computer illustration, it didn't work. Um, but almost like this, you know, remember like those old computers, it was like do a scan. Yeah. Like you got a couple bugs here and there. <laughs> Lord, search my heart. Right. Search my heart. Like I'm going through the metal detector at the airport. Lord, search me. And let me know if there's anything in me that, grieves you, God. If there's anything in me that grieves the Holy Spirit, search me, try me, because once you do that, Lord, then you can repair me. Repair my, my heart. Know my thoughts. My heart is sick. My, my heart is evil. My heart is wicked. So David says, okay, God, search me and remove any of the sickness. Amen? I don't know anybody that likes to stay sick. Lord, heal me. Restore me. Repair me. Come on, everybody say, start with me. I love that right there. I'm, I'm surrounded by people that are getting better, not getting worse. Lord, search my heart, try my thoughts, and, and get anything out that needs to get out. Lord, search me. There's another psalm that I think is so valuable. It's Psalm chapter 19, verse 14. Here's David again. He says, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Another prayer to pray, amen? Like, in the, in, the, in the task of repairing your heart, start with prayer. Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart. Come on, does anybody ever just realize your heart will start meditating on things that you don't want it to meditate on? It might be happening right now for some of y'all. Come on, come out of it, come out of it. Our hearts will start meditating on things that are not acceptable to the Lord. And so that's why we pray, Lord, let the words of my mouth, let the meditation, the things that my heart meditates on, God, let that be acceptable to you, my rock and my redeemer. Because even when my heart's off, God, redeem it. You're my rock. I love these prayers. Lord, repair me. Repair my heart. I don't know if we got the Jeremiah verse, but our, our hearts are deceitful and wicked. Don't miss that, right? Sometimes people say, hey, hey, God knows my heart, and that's not a good thing. He does. That's why he, he, he defines your heart. <laughs> that's why we need our hearts to be changed, amen? Our hearts to be repaired. Maybe today, beyond just a sinful item, you might say, Pastor Hyden, my heart is broken. My heart is sad. My heart is grieved. My heart is cracked. My heart is fractured because of something. It could be a relationship. It could be a personal struggle. It could be for what's going on globally. It could be for what's going on socially. You, you, you could just have a broken heart right now. And I just want to encourage you through this word. Ask the Lord to repair it. Just ask the Lord. Just say, God, you're a God who repairs and restores. We just sang about it. You repair all that's broken. Lord, repair me, amen? Come on, let's just take a moment right now and let's just pray for that right this moment. Here we go. 
Lord, right now, mid-sermon, God, repair our hearts. Just ask God, what, what, what in your heart needs to be repaired? Just ask him right now. Lord, search me. Know me. Try me. God, whatever is in me, change it. God, heal my heart. Repair my heart. Restore my heart. Even right now, with all heads bowed, all eyes closed, if this is a prayer for you, you just feel like you have a broken heart, you feel like your heart needs to be repaired in just some very tangible ways, would you just lift your hand right now? Just with the Lord watching right now, just the Lord in this place. There's hands up all over the room. God, I pray that you would lock arms with every hand up right now. And would you begin to mold, heal, and repair the hearts of your children in this room. God, our hearts are deceitful, but we don't wanna be deceived. Our hearts are wicked, but we want them to be holy. Our hearts are sick, but we want them to be well. Repair our hearts today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, yeah. amen, amen, yeah. I love that right there. I love that we're getting better. There's, there, there's repairing happening in the word. There's repairing happening in this room. Let me give you the second point. Everybody say number two. Number two. Second point is this. Repair your relationship. Repair your heart and then repair your relationship. Now, really quick. Notice I didn't put an S on purpose. No S there because some of you have like 15 relationships that need to be repaired. And I just want you to focus on one, all right? We don't got to do all of them in this week. But maybe, maybe. Maybe there's a relationship in your life right now that you know needs to be repaired. Like you, you know that you're here right now, there's a relationship that's in your life. Low key, it might even be in this church. It might be in this city, it might be at your job, it might be in your own home. And you would say today, that relationship, come on, give me the definition of repair one more time. Come on, can I just see that one more time? You know that this relationship is not fixed. You know that this relationship needs to be mended. You know that this relationship needs to be restored. It's not sound. It's not healthy. It's not good, right? It's not good. And, and you're realizing in this sermon, and, and you're almost low-key upset that you're here today because you're trying to avoid it. Because if you can just put a Band-Aid, you'll act like it's not there. And then hopefully the other person, they'll put a Band-Aid on it and they'll act like it's not there and then we'll go our separate ways and act like we never even existed. Knowing all along that it's still there. God, some, that spoke to somebody. God desires to fix, mend, restore, heal, and to make good relationships. Psalm 133 says how good and pleasant it is. How good and how pleasant it is when brothers and sisters dwell together in unity. And then he says, for there God commands his blessing. That God commands his blessing on unity. Here's a crazy thought. That there's a reality that if you are in disunity with a brother or sister, you could be the reason why God withholds blessing. Like, I need you to get it right with somebody because you may be blocking a blessing on this church. 
Like, God wants it to be fixed. He wants it to be restored. He at least wants you to be fixed. He at least wants you to be restored. It doesn't mean that the relationship is all gonna be best friend and great afterwards. It doesn't even necessarily need to be, but were you obedient to what God put on your heart? Can you say, God, I tried to repair it. I really, really did. I believe if you take that step to repair a relationship, right, repair your heart, you can't repair a relationship if you're not repaired yourself, right? Hurt people, hurt people. Repaired people, Repair people, amen? God, repair my heart, repair me, so I can repair something in my life. Repair a relationship. You know, guys, I I love to read the book of Proverbs. I'm a Proverbs junkie, (laughs) if I can use that phrase. That's a little bit weird to say. I don't know if I'm gonna use that again. I I, I love the Proverbs. I'm like itching for the Proverbs. I need God's wisdom in my life. But every time I come up on the sixth and I know that I'm about to read Proverbs 6, I always kind of delay it a little bit if I'm honest because I don't want to read these verses. But the first handful of verses in Proverbs 6 always come right at my heart in the area of repairing relationships. Let me go ahead and read it to you. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 2 through 5. It's a big if word here. If you are snared in the words of your mouth, caught in the words of your mouth, Then do this, application. My son, and save yourself, for you have come into the hand of your neighbor. Go, everybody say go. Go. This requires a step, right? Go, hasten, and plead urgently with your neighbor. Listen to the language. Go, hasten, plead urgently with your neighbor. Give your eyes no sleep and your eyelids no slumber. This requires some step. This requires some pain, amen? Save yourself like a gazelle from the hand of the hunter, like a gazelle who's, who's, who's being chased by a lion, a, a gazelle who's trying to fight for his life, is on the move going to make something happen, turn, like a, a bird from the hand of a fowler. This require, to make a relationship right requires energy. To repair a relationship requires faith, requires trust, requires initiation. No amens. I didn't think so. I, didn't, I wasn't expecting it. You know why? Because we don't like to initiate. We say, oh, well, if the other person hits me up, then maybe I'll talk. <laughs> don't clap for that. <laughs> I'm with you. I love you, Leo. Right? Yeah, the honesty helps, right? I'm clapping for that with you, right? Listen, so often we say, hey, look, I didn't do anything wrong. If they got a problem, that's their problem. The relationship's still not pr- repaired. I'm talking about doing something that's even bigger than that and saying, hey, let me initiate. I feel like the energy's off. I feel like there's some type of friction between us. I feel like, did I hurt you? Did I do something wrong to you? Did I, did I damage the relationship? And how can I repair it? That type of a spirit. Oh, brother, sister, if we're all doing that, to answer that, repair that right now. This is the moment right now. Come on. Say, hey, how can I repair this right now? I'm gonna call you back. I'm gonna repair this later, right? Come on, right? If we're all doing that, a repaired church is a prepared church. If we're, I heard this quote from my friend, Noe Garcia. He said, he said this just the other day. He said, the Christian army is the only, only army that fights against itself hit me. Right? Brother, sister, we, we have to fight for each other. 
We have, and that, that requires honest, humble, repairing. Go to your brother, go to your sister and come to repair. That means leave all the buts just well. Leave yourself on the shelf and take Christ with you to make it right. Philippians chapter two, verse four and five says this. Have the same mind of Christ by considering others more important than yourself. Oh man, what a verse. Look, I'm not even, I'm gonna leave myself on the shelf and I'm gonna go consider this person's interests more important than even me. That, that is real Christianity. And I promise you, when you do such a thing, relationships get repaired. It doesn't mean that it has to be restored to the same place it once was. That may never be the case. But at least you did what God was telling you to do. You, you, you went for it. Come on, we've been talking about just go for it, right? I love Matthew 18. I love and hate Matthew 18. I struggle with it, but it's true. If your brother sins against you, Go tell them his fault. We don't do a good job of this. We tell other people their fault. We say, hey, can you pray for this person because they sinned against me? That verse isn't in the Bible. <laughs> Find that in second gossip chapter one, right? Like, is that not in there? No, like, here's what Jesus is saying here. Jesus is talking to us about real life stuff. Jesus goes, look, your brother's gonna sin against you. Your sister's gonna sin against you. It's going to happen because we're sinful people. Don't let it be so foreign and weird. Expect people to sin against you. Like, yo, you're my dog. At some, person you're, at some point, you're gonna sin against me. And guess what? I'm gonna forgive you. That's what's gonna happen, right? If your brother sins against you, go tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, guess what? You have gained your brother. You've gained a family member. If he, and, and, and it goes on from there. It says, if they don't listen, we'll bring a couple more people next time that you can trust and try again. Don't cut the person off, block them and unfollow them and delete them from your phone book and from your life and be like, yeah, I don't ever even know, even know that person. What? You were just with that person. No, let, let's, let's, come on, it's gaining season. A repaired church is a prepared church. What if we focus more on gaining our brothers and sisters instead of shading and losing our brothers and sisters? It, it, it takes maturity, and listen to me, it takes security. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not patting myself on the back. I'm not boasting of myself. God has done a lot in my life. I've learned the word apology. Sometimes I feel like I'm sorry because I'm always like, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's my middle name, right? I've blown it a lot of times, but let me go ahead and say this. I found that, you know what? I'm secure with who I am in Christ. Right? Like, I'm a broken, sinful, on my way to hell individual who God redirects with his grace, with his love, changes my course, puts a calling on my life. I have no reason to be prideful. I have every reason to be grateful. Amen? Right? I, I, I have no reason to hold a grudge against somebody when God has not done that for me. I have no good, I've tried. Oh God, I wanna stay mad. You can't in Christ. The last thing you would ever want is for God to stay mad at you. God tells us to forgive as we've 
been forgiven. Listen to me. This is prophetic. I'm going to say this is prophetic for somebody. I'm stepping off. Camera, follow me. It's prophetic. It's prophetic. You can repair the relationship. You can repair a relationship. You can repair a relationship. Where's the camera? You can. We deceive ourselves into our, in, in our minds thinking, man, I can't do that. I can't do that. I can't. Just, honestly, you can't. Christ can. I mean, do we need, let's just, come on, can we just reinsert Philippians 4.13 into our hearts? I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. You can do that. You can say I'm sorry. You can own it. You can make it right. You can take a step. You can forgive. Because it's Christ in you that does it. The things you can't do, he can. The things you can't do are evidence that you need a savior who is the superhero, King Jesus, to do what you can't do. Repair a relationship. Go for it. Just go for it. But, well, how, I don't know how they'll react. I guess we'll never know. Unless you go for it. So this is the moment where I'm going to encourage you. Ask God, repair my heart, and then use me to repair a relationship. You don't got to repair all the relationships at once. But maybe you repair a relationship that you know the Lord is calling you to take a step with. Don't wait. If you wait, it might be too late. Take a step. This week, this week, this week, take a step. Let me give you one more verse in this, in this category because I know that this is very, uh, very sensitive stuff here. Let me give it to you. Romans chapter 12, verse 18. If it is possible. Come on, everybody say, if it is possible. If it's possible. Hey, while the person's still breathing, okay? For some of y'all, it's like, it's not possible. If it's possible, as far as it depends on you. Again, you cannot control how a person responds you can't. I've been doing this for a long time. I've, I've attempted to reconcile with a lot of people. And sometimes I think, that didn't go how I thought it was going to go. <laughs> Actually, the person never even responded. In fact, the person is still mad. But I know as far as it depended on me, I, I, I did as far as I could go. I know when I checked my heart before the Lord... I went for it. I did what he had asked me to do. I'm striving for peace with everyone and specifically the people that need to be repaired. As far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. I don't know what this looks like for you. You don't have to be best friends with the person. I promise you, you don't. You don't even necessarily have to sit with them in church anymore if it's somebody in here. But you do have to be right with them. You do have to have peace with them. You have to have shalom with them. A lack of shalom, right? It's what we're, 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 we're wanting to repair. We wanted to repair the shalom. Like it could be a former spouse who's now remarried. What can it look like for you guys not to be married again, but for you to be repaired? As far as it depends on you, hey, look, we're not going backwards. What does it look like to go forwards though? in Christ. Repair a relationship. Amen? Amen. Take that step. Just, just go for it this week. 
ask the Lord, get with him in prayer. And sometimes, you know what, from our married couples, our spouses know. Like, hey, uh, who do I need to repair with? (laughs) They might give you the answer. Now, don't fight against your spouse if they give you the answer. And don't fight with them if they say, me. (laughs) Spouse be like, this is a word for you. We need to repair. Repaired church is a prepared church. A repaired couple is a prepared couple. As far as it depends on you, hey, focus on you. Focus on you. Leave out the excuses. Leave out the justifications. Own what you need to own and repair. We'll see God move. We'll see, it, it will be wind in the sails of this church. And it won't have to be so awkward around certain people. Amen? Y'all know what I'm talking about. Whenever I get around people that I'm not right with, I, it gets awkward. Can we leave? Can we leave? Who likes that? I don't like that. I like handshakes and hugs and yeah, and chopping it up, right? Like, let's get back there. What do we need to do? Right? We're, we're, we're going to leave our pride, check ourselves on the shelf. We're going to put Christ into the game and let him lead. Lord, be my mouth, be my eyes, be my heart, be my hands, be my feet. Let me walk in him. Like, don't go into the reconciliation meeting walking in yourself. You will ruin it. You'll make it worse. Walk in him. Let Jesus walk into the Starbucks with you and allow you to just let your pride go. Amen? Amen. Humility goes before honor. The person that you are making a relationship right with, they will hopefully honor your humility. Pride goes before destruction. So that's my encouragement on the second point. If you're ready for the third one, some of you are like, I don't know. <laughs> I've, been, I've been punched twice now. And it's, you know, it's just church, you know what I'm saying? All right, here we go. Repair your heart, repair your relationship. And this third one, okay? Repair your residence. Ooh, what does that even mean? Ooh, oh, wait, hey. This... This last point is meant to lighten the mood of just a little bit, but it's also serious, all right? Serious, serious. I like the came out, came out, serious. Don't laugh at me, Sarah, Sarah. <laughs> I don't know where that, 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 I don't know. Repair your residence. Let me go ahead and say this. Hey, come on, Nehemiah, right? Like, let's, like chapter three, we see, and next to him, the men of Jericho built and the sons of Hanassah built and they used beams and they set out doors and they used bolts and they made bars, right? They were working on something. They were repairing something. I really sense the Lord put it on my heart to put this point into the sermon that there's something in your house that needs to be repaired. There's something at your apartment, at your condo, at your Airbnb, at your Motel 6. I don't know where you live but there's something there that needs to be repaired. And God wants you to be a better steward of the place he's given you. The place that God has given you is not yours, it's his. Your house is not yours, it's his. Like that kitchen sink is his. Your laundry room, oh man, is his. Your couches are his. Your closet is his. And God would want to deliver something from me to you and say, hey, I want you to repair that thing. Like my, my wife recently said, 
hey, Hayden, are you going to get this repaired or not? And I was like, dang, I got to be a man of my word. I got to find somebody to repair it. <laughs> I don't care how you do it. Do what you got to do. No shame in my game. I'm not going to make it worse. I'm not going to read directions. I'm going to pay somebody. Come on, praise the Lord. That's the, thank you, Julio. Repair your resonance. Let me, say, let me say it like this. Somebody in the room is praying for a bigger house, but you can't take care of your house. You're asking God, God, I want the, the five bedroom. I want the two story. And God's saying, I want you to take care of this story. God, you're saying, hey, God, I, I really want to, it's a level up season. I heard that at church. I want you to level up my crib. And God's saying, I, I will. I promise you, I will. When you take care of this one. Here's what Jesus says in Luke chapter 16. Whoever can be trusted with very little can be trusted with much. Whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. I heard this pastor named Marcus Meacham, he said it like this. He said, I'm glad you trust God, but can God trust you? And that hit me. I was like, I don't, am I trustworthy? God, am I? And then I had to start examining. Am I, t- am I taking care of the things that God has taken care of? Me? How's your car look? Right? I'm like, oh, snap. I got to get my car right. Like, yo, you got the check engine light on, fam. You got to repair something. I, I heard another pastor, uh, Chris Hodges, say, he says, I hear church planners all the time say they want a building, but they can't even take care of their own house. How are you going to take care of God's house if you can't take care of your house? So here's the third point, church. What needs to be repaired in your residence? What needs to be fixed? What, need, what have you been saying one day I'm gonna do? Go do it. <laughs> if it's a cabinet, if it's a refrigerator, if it's a sink, if it's flooring, if it's you gotta cut the grass, I don't know exactly what that is for you, but just know whenever you're doing what you're, what you're called, you're stewarding the resource that came down from heaven that God chose in his grace, out of his abundance, for some godly reason, he chose to give it to you. Take care of it. Pick up some trash. Take care of it. Steward your house. Throw something away. Come on, hoarders. Throw something away. (laughs) Throw it away. It's all going to get burned up one day. Nothing's going with you to heaven. Come on, let's make it right, amen? Let me get those three points on the screen. We'll we'll close up. Uh, Repair your heart. Repair your relationship. Repair your residence. A repaired church is a prepared church. A repaired church is a prepared church. Lord, Lord, prepare me, amen? Let's pray. Lord, we, we have some steps here today. God, we have an action step today. God, you've put something in our hearts and in our minds to do. Lord, I pray we would do it. Let us never be like the people in James chapter one that so eagerly hear the word and so quickly forget the word. 
Help us not to be like the double-minded man or woman that looks in the mirror and turns around and forgets what they saw. God, help us to be focused. Help us to be forgiving. God, we've been forgiven of so much. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name right now that God, if you would be so kind to, to save somebody today, that there's somebody in this room that right now needs to be saved. Right now, you came to church, you know it, you're here, and you believe in, 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 you believe in Jesus, and you need to declare that right now. I wanna encourage you to pray with me right this moment. Just say, Lord, I believe. I believe that Jesus, you died for me, and that you rose from the grave. And you defeated death, you defeated hell, you defeated Satan, you even defeated my sin left it in the grave. Death has lost its sting. Sin has lost its grip on me. And today I receive you as my life, my love, my all, my savior. By your grace, you have covered me. You've covered my past. You've covered my shame. And today I'm a new creation. That's where you're at right now. Just your eyes closed, head bowed, if that's where you're at, you just are ready to receive Jesus. For the first time today, you're ready to make it real. You've played church before, or maybe you've never even been to church, but right now you're ready to receive and repent. Would you just lift your hand right now, if that's you? No shame, only grace. I see those who are making decisions right now. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would flood the hearts of every single person making a decision right now. Whether to receive you for the first time or recommit their life to you and say, Lord, I'm back. I'm back home. Repair me. Fix me. Heal me. That that I might be able to be a healer myself. That I might be able to be a fixer myself. God, we love you. We trust you. As we sing this next song, I pray we would respond now with grace and we would respond with praise. We would respond with prayer. If you need to come down to the altar at all, you can do it. If you need to grab a leader, grab myself. Mike's down here. Stacy, Jackie are down here. If you wanna just pray with somebody. If you wanna go make a relationship right with somebody in this room, maybe just start by going over to them and just saying, hey, I'm sorry. We'll figure it out later, but I'm sorry. I wanna pray with you. God, may we be prepared, prepared for all that you have for this church, all that you have for the families that make it up. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Would you stand?